Welcome back to the Fundamental Hour. I want to talk to you about a very important message today. I want to talk to you about our doctrine here at the Fundamental Hour, what we teach. We teach a doctrine called eternal security. It has been described oftentimes as once saved, always saved. Many times people will criticize our teaching and they will try to discredit the truth of eternal security by saying that this doctrine, which is a biblical doctrine, which is God's doctrine, they will try to say that it encourages people to sin. And that's the basis, or that's the subject of our message today, is does our doctrine, does the biblical teaching of eternal security, once saved, always saved, does that encourage people to sin? Well, no, it does not. And let me explain that to you from the Bible. Because nothing could be further from the truth. Let me first of all establish with you what eternal security is, what it means, what it is that the Bible teaches. Number one, God teaches that all have sinned. Every man, every woman, every child, every person on this earth, there is no difference between them in the sense that they have all broken God's commandments. If you've lied, if you've stolen, if you've had an evil thought, you have sinned. You are guilty in the sight of God. Number two, there is a punishment for sin. God said to the first man, Adam, if you eat of the fruit that I've told you not to eat of, in the day that you partake of it, you will surely die. God gave man a consequence for his sin in the beginning, and that has not changed. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The same truth God said to Adam is the same truth He gives to you and me today, that if we sin, we die. Now, that means there's a punishment for sin. That punishment includes a second death, which means we go to hell. Number three, you cannot save yourself. You do not have the ability to save yourself from this punishment of death. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You don't save yourself. The Bible clearly says that. Not of works. The Bible says in Romans 3.28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. The deeds of the law, obeying God's commandments, do not save you from the punishment of death. Number four, Jesus Christ died to pay for our sin. God sent His Son into this world as a Savior to die for our sins. If that were not true, then why did He die? He died because we're sinners. He didn't die because we're righteous. He didn't die because we are people of good works. He died because we're sinners. He died for the murderer, the thief, the whoremonger, the liar. He died for sinners. Praise God for that. If you see yourself as being righteous, 
If you see yourself as being obedient to God's commands, then you're not saved. And you need to get saved. Jesus died for sinners, not righteous people. Number five, you must believe on Jesus to be saved. Jesus died for everybody. He purchased a gift for everybody. That gift is eternal life, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has a gift of eternal life for everyone, but you must receive it. And the way you receive that gift is by faith. You place your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when we, believing we have sinned, believing there is a punishment for sin, which is death, believing that we cannot save ourselves, that Jesus Christ died to pay for our sin, when we put our faith in Him alone and nothing else, God gives us everlasting life. We become a child of God. We are born again. And we receive the promise of everlasting life. And once you put your faith in Christ and He has given you everlasting life, you can never be condemned to the second death of the lake of fire. That's biblical teaching. And I would challenge anyone listening to this to come and try to prove anything else from the Bible than what I have just given you. Because that is what the Word of God says. Now, that's not all what God teaches. God teaches us many other things. So He teaches us that we become His children by faith alone. But He teaches that we're His children. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, God teaches us something about prayer. And as we're learning about prayer in Matthew chapter 6, many times God says to us that He is our Father. In in verse number 6, He says that we're to pray to the Father. In verse number 7, or verse number 8, it says that, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. In verse number 9, God tells us to address Him as Father. Does a father want his children to sin? Do you want your children to sin? I hope not. And God doesn't want me to sin, does He? He gives me everlasting life. He makes me want me to sin. No. Does a father's children sin? Yes. Do your children sin? Do your children disobey you at times? Surely. You see, no father wants his children to do wrong, but every father, if he's honest, has to admit that his children have done wrong. And you may have told them multiple times not to do wrong, but they did it anyway. And you may have warned them that you would punish them, but they did it anyway. So no father wants, no godly father wants his children to sin. And every father's children 
do sin. Does a good father still love his child when they disobey him? I'm asking you a question. Answer that question for me today. Does a godly father still love his child when the child disobeys? Yes, he does. My father did. I've loved my children when they've done wrong. And you know what? My heavenly father has loved me when I have done wrong. Does a good father, does a godly father punish his child when they disobey? Yes, they do. And if you are a mom or a dad, do not discipline and punish your children for the wrongdoing that they do. You're not a godly parent. Your job is not just to provide for your children. Your job is not just to show them what you call love. The Bible teaches us that you're to raise up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You're to train them, you're to discipline them, and you're to chasten them when they do wrong. And if you're not doing that, you're not showing them the kind of love they need. I'm not talking about abusing your children. I'm not talking about doing wrong to your children. I'm talking about in a proper way, in a godly way, disciplining them and punishing them. Does a godly father punish his children? Absolutely. How do I know that? Because the Bible says in Hebrews, chapter number 12, and verse number 6, it says this, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. You see, I told you that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that you become a child of God, the Bible says in Galatians 3, verse 26, that we are the children of God by faith. We put our faith in Christ, we become His children. He is our heavenly Father. And the Bible says that if He receives you as a son, He will hasten and scourge. To scourge, the word scourge there is like a whip. God will spank, He will punish, He will discipline His children. If He receives you, then He will chasten you. He will not allow you to just sin and sin and sin and not deal with you. God deals with His children. Boy, if you've ever gone to church and you saw a little kid at church and that kid wouldn't obey nobody, stubborn child, never would do right, and you look at his parents and the parents never correct them, the parents never tell the child to do right, the, parent, the child never gets in trouble with his parents, what would you say about those parents? You'd say, oh, this father, he's not a good father. He, he, he don't mind his child. He don't discipline his child. Well, God is a good father and God disciplines his children. And when God's children sin, God treats them as a son and he deals with that sin. Verse number seven. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? The Bible says in verse 9, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father's spirits and live? 
For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of holiness. So God is talking here about how earthly fathers discipline their children and as they should, and God says, and so do I. As a son, I knew that my parents would love me no matter what I did. Did that encourage me to sin? Did that encourage me to go and break the law? Did that encourage me to go and do whatever I wanted to do? Absolutely not. And when, when, when pastors and, and people who claim to be evangelists, people claim to represent God, when they tell you that the eternal security of a believer, once saved always, when they tell you that that doctrine encourages you to go sin, they don't know their Bible, they don't know God, they don't know the Scriptures. Because teaching once saved always is teaching that you belong to God, that you are His child, and it teaches you that God will deal with you as children. And if you choose to sin, God will deal with you. That doesn't encourage you to sin. The truth of knowing that God will deal with you as a son doesn't encourage you to sin. It helps you to understand that you shouldn't sin. Again, I knew that my parents would love me no matter what I did. But did that encourage me to do wrong? No. No. Because I also knew this. I knew that my parents would hold me accountable for what I did. You see, I didn't know that just they would love me. I also knew they would properly punish me. And so I wasn't encouraged to sin. I was encouraged to do right. When you are convinced that someone loves you and loves you unconditionally, that doesn't encourage you to do wrong. That encourages you to do right. Now, if you're a very immature person, a little child, a little baby, yeah, that might encourage you to do wrong. But God, we're not supposed to be babies. We're supposed to grow up. We're not supposed to just learn about how to go to heaven. We're supposed to study God's Word and understand that when God saves us, He makes us His child. And as we grow in the Lord, we come to the understanding that God loves us. We're to obey Him and God will punish us. And so if we are in any way, shape, or form mature as a believer, we understand that sin hurts the heart of God. And knowing that He will love us anyway doesn't encourage us to sin. It encourages us to do right by our Heavenly Father. Does God want us to sin? No. The Bible says in John chapter 8, Verse 10 and 11, there was a woman that had been taken in the act of adultery. And the, the men brought her to Jesus. And Jesus began to write on the ground, the Bible says. And he had said to the men, he said, the one who, who, who is without sin, you cast the first stone. And they all went away as Jesus rode on the ground. And then Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said to the woman, he said, woman, 
Where are all those that accuse you? And they had left. And he said to the woman, and I don't condemn you either, go and sin no more. What's God saying? God's saying, look, you got caught doing wrong. Go and stop doing it. God doesn't want us to sin. He tells us, go and sin no more. My little children, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. God doesn't want us to sin. What parent, what godly father tells their child to go and sin? What godly parent tells their child to go and disobey? I would hope, or I should say no godly parent does that. But what godly parent actually believes that their child is never going to sin? What godly parent thinks that their child is never going to go disobey? And for that matter, why are we telling our children to disobey? Why are we telling our children to obey? Because we know the potential is there to disobey. If they didn't have the potential to disobey, we wouldn't need to tell them to obey. And as God's children, He has to tell us not to sin because we have the potential to sin greatly. But does God want us to sin? No, He doesn't want us to sin, but He understands that we will sin. Because the verse in 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these things write I unto you that sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And God says, I don't want you to sin. I'm writing these words to you to try to keep you from sinning. But when you do sin, you have a friend. His name is Jesus, the righteous. And He can deliver us from the punishment of that sin. God knows that we will sin. That is why He promised to chasten us. If disobedience were not probable, if it were not probable that we would disobey, then we would not be warned of the punishment of disobedience. God knows the probability of our sin, and that is why His Scriptures are filled with the warning of sin's consequences. The consequences of sin to the believer in Christ is not a devil's hell. The consequence of sin to God's children is punishment in this life and a loss of rewards in the next life. I praise God today that I stand here and I preach to you not because I'm a righteous man in and of my deeds and works and actions, but I stand here today redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm not encouraged to sin because I know that truth. I'm encouraged to live right because I know that truth, because I appreciate the blood Jesus shed for me. And I also understand that there are consequences for what I do and don't do. And I also understand that God has a lot more for me than just escaping hell. He's got rewards in heaven that I can earn. 
and knowing that I can earn rewards in heaven and knowing that I can escape his punishment by doing right, I'm encouraged to do right by the Bible and by my God and by the truth that once saved, always saved. I'm not encouraged to go and do wrong. The people trying to poison your mind with that kind of doctrine, they err. They go astray, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Now, I've preached the truth to you today. If you'd like to know more about this, or if you have questions about what I've said, I would encourage you to contact us. One of our social media platforms, or on our phone number, or on our website, fbcikumasi.com. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Hour. God bless you.